This is my very first podcast, an exciting new venture for me. So I wanted to use this platform to talk about something that I am passionate about and really only started talking about just a few years ago. Hormone health. Thanks to Clean Marine Menamin, a multivitamin and omega-3 blend formulated for hormone health for making this podcast dream of mine a possibility. As I said, I've been talking openly for years about my hormone health at events and in the press. And it's been pretty amazing, the reaction that I get from women, a really positive reaction from often strangers who relate to the same struggle that I've had, but have never discussed it even with their friends or their partners. Hormone health is not something that women discuss openly, which is such a shame because it just means that you're suffering in silence. Things like your mood can be low, you feel teary for no reason, even get quite stressed or anxious, you put on weight, you start losing hair, all of those things that mean so much to us as women. And yet there are simple, easy steps that you can take to feel better, to improve your hormone health at each stage of life. And talking about it can be a really helpful first step. So I'm delighted that Irish brand Clean Marine have invited me to get Ireland talking about hormone health by opening up the hormone health conversation with my friends. And I'm going to chat to two female friends today to see what they know about hormone health, how it affects them and how they manage it. If we can do it, then so can you. So hopefully we'll all learn a little bit along the way. So I was very selective in who I wanted to talk to and share with you for this podcast. My friend and fellow broadcaster, Maya Dunphy, is not one to shy away from any issue that she is passionate about, refreshingly honest and open at all times. Check out her Twitter account. (laughs) Strong in her convictions and also has a wicked sense of humour. So I'm thrilled that Maya agreed to be part of this story. Maya, you're very welcome talking about me (laughs) the funny thing is um I'm actually very private about certain things and you know my health could be one of them I think a lot of women are like that we'll talk about frivolous things and fun things and even political things or topical things but not necessarily our health and when I hear you read that I go are you you? talking about me because I do keep I would keep a lot to myself and Mm -hmm. especially a lot of of health and that's the problem isn't it what am I doing here talking about health (laughs) I'm not comfortable with it but I think you know, women's health, hearing you doing that intro, women's health in general, I think, is not, is, is often brushed under the carpet. And even by women themselves, like, we're not always good. I think we're very stoic. Women get on with things. And I think through, you know, puberty, fertility, getting older, hormones, a lot of the time we just accept that dealing with uncomfortable things is part of being a woman and, and just do it yourself it. but yeah. that's a generational thing I mean look at our parents generation and the generation oh, never before that never. never I mean the amount of things that they put up with and had to suffer with and as you said it was all yeah. brushed under the carpet you were you were kind of letting yourself down and letting your family down you thought yeah if you made a big deal of it well my I mean my parents would have been at the time, I thought pretty liberal. I didn't go to a convent school. And, you know, I would have thought that I had a very liberal upbringing. When I look back, they didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, I remember getting my first period. I remember it was the first day of exams in second year. Summer right. exams. And I was sitting on what felt like a mattress. You know, those big yeah. old pads we used to have. <laughs> and I remember thinking, everyone's going to see. And the fear that it's there'd be some kind of leakage feeling. somewhere. But then I remember my mum bringing me out to buy sanitary products I remember my dad coming from work and saying oh and sort of patting me back going well look this is a big day for you but then it was sort of never mentioned again mm-hmm. because I think it was seen as being something that was very private yes which it is to many people as well but it's that's not necessarily helpful I think younger women now do talk about it more I mean you have young daughters maybe they do maybe they don't but they I do 
Maya, but it still takes them a while. Yeah. You know, I think I have a 15-year-old, almost 16-year-old, and she says that it's really was really only in third year where yeah. they would kind of share those kind of things with each other. And um, and she said because of that, she felt that she got much closer to some of her friends because of just sharing that thing that is very personal. Yeah. Um, but in a way, it shouldn't. No. Of course, it's personal. And you know, the same with your sexuality and fertility. These things are very personal things. But they shouldn't be embarrassing and they shouldn't be shameful. And I do remember... even, And you know what? Subject. I joked about this on Twitter and I'm now in my early 40s and I put a thing up because I'm, you know, I was on the pill for a lot of my adult life for contraceptive reasons and for um, heavy period reasons, things like that. But I, I came off the pill at 38 and had my son at 39. So I hadn't had a normal period for a long time. Mm-hmm. And having periods again then as I turned 40, they had changed probably down to... I'm only finding out now down to hormones and things. But I put a thing up on Twitter about... Um, having a kind of debilitating few days of the period and saying, we don't talk enough. And the amount of women who message me privately saying, yes, yes. And, so and these are women who are 40 plus. Yeah, yeah. And they're still not talking yeah. about it. And they st- yeah. one woman said, don't you still get embarrassed buying sanitary products in the supermarket? And I went, well, no. But there still is that slight, ooh, putting them up there. And I, there I, I do, is. I You're understand still very that. aware of yeah. it, aren't you? And I'm not embarrassed now because I'm buying them for my daughters and yeah. they're too embarrassed to buy them. Yeah. Um, but I, I was always embarrassed buying them for myself. Yeah. Uh, and it's just because now I have to, I have to take control of that for them. But it's terrible that they're too embarrassed to yeah. go in to a chemist. And as I say, one of my daughters is nearly 16. And they tell me what they need, you know? I know, I don't know. And there's always the old joke about sending your boyfriend or yeah. <laughs> or husband to buy them for you and how mortifying it would be. And you see yeah. women, you go, hang on, you've got 20 bottles of wine on this supermarket <laughs> checkout and some tampons. Like, That's I'd be more so embarrassed about 20 true. bottles of wine. We're Irish though, so we're not embarrassed know, about the wine. But I think when it comes oh. to, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, I, 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 I mean, you talk quite openly about having hormone imbalances throughout your whole life. Yeah. And, you know, possibly I did too, but I think it's only when something goes very wrong, like, for example, fertility, that women actually look into it. Yes. And I have two friends who have um, hormone problems, and one has PCOS and one has hormone imbalance, but they only found out when it came to, they wanted to start a family and it wasn't happening. And But the, the my friend who has PCOS, PCOS and I, I won't say her name, obviously, but um, that's not my place, she... And she, she would have all the symptoms. Like she suffered with uh, weight, could, could never lose weight, weight issues, yeah. um, facial hair, hair loss. It's awful. You get hair where you don't want it and you lose hair yeah. where you do, <laughs> want, you do it. want it. Exactly. But she still did nothing about it for 15 years. Because we don't know that they're all hormone related. Yeah. Like I often say now to my friends who um, have daughters, I say a GP is obviously hugely important and we need to have a family GP in all of our, in all of our lives but an endocrinologist, you know, yes. or a guide like the Essential Guide to Female Hormones, they're, you know, as important, if not more important, because now I know, having suffered in silence throughout my, you know, hormonal life from puberty the whole way through, that there are many ways to um, to help and yeah. to, to ease those problems and to actually not have to go through all of those awful things that I went through from time to time. Knowledge is key, yes. but I just didn't know, and yeah. nobody told me. Well, both the friends that I've mentioned found out because they, they'd hit this period in their life where they wanted to start a family, it wasn't happening. And GPs, I'm not saying they, they weren't helpful, but they were they, they kind of had, they, sometimes it's a one-size-fits-all. They do a blood test and they tell you to lose weight, and it sounds very simple, but they don't do those other tests. Yes. And both these friends of mine 
did their own research and found out. And I think, you know, we're warned about Dr. Google, but I think if you're not a hypochondriac and you have a bit of common sense, it yeah. can be really helpful yeah, to find out. Them. Yeah. yeah. And my friend with PCOS, he said, I read all this. I said, oh my gosh, she had all these symptoms I've had for 15 years. Yeah. It's PCOS. She went back to her doctor with that information. And there's no definitive test for it. And he said, you know what? Yes, you probably do. And then they did hormone tests and she did have it. At this stage now, she was turning 41. Um, now, a happy ending to that story. She ended up having a baby, which was great. Fantastic. That was her dream. But it almost didn't happen because, you know, sometimes GPs don't always take women's health seriously. And I'm loath to say that. But, you know, I have gone to the GP in the past and when I was in London, um, the NHS is great, but there's no continuity of care with my with my pregnancy with my son. I had him over there. I saw different doctors every time. Now I had a very straightforward pregnancy, didn't have any issues. But I do remember when I was a week away and I was having an elective C-section, and I went in and it was a different doctor again, and I was so anxious. So I said, and he said, everything else okay? He said, your weight's fine, pressure's fine. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really worried. And he, and I saw him roll his eyes. I saw the reflection in the computer, his rolling his eyes, and I just stopped. And he said, what are you worried about? I said, it doesn't matter, it's fine. And I left, and I cried the whole way home. And Desperate. even now, I feel so sorry for me back then that I didn't have someone to say, look, I'm yeah. just anxious about this. Now, that's yeah. slightly different. That was a pregnancy issue. But the point is, we, I think we have to take women more seriously and their yeah. health issues more seriously yeah. yeah when you go and say i'm anxious to go okay well let's not just dismiss it yeah well, let's just find our, out why our hormones basically are the thing that that run our entire bodies yeah you know absolutely everything is affected by our hormone levels and that's not something that i knew and that's why i feel very sad and very cross yeah. uh, with myself, somebody who would pride themselves on finding out stuff and also pride themselves on not suffering. You know, if I've got a pain or an ache, I'll take a tablet. Do you know what I mean? I'm not one of these martyrs because I've got so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> but you I'm can't like, be cross up, with yourself with it. either because it, it's, it's, nobody else was talking about True. it. And yeah. I don't think I knew anything about hormone health until I was pregnant. Even being on the pill, and sometimes I was on a pill that didn't suit me and you'd feel that you were bloated or... Yeah. You know, you were aware of mood swings, you'd swap to a different one. But aside from that, I, you know, I, until I, I was pregnant and started looking into things like that, and now that I'm in my 40s and I have periods again, but um, now my mum went through menopause in her early 50s, but that was also during treatment for cancer, so it wasn't natural menopause. So I know I'm probably around 10 years away because it tends to be genetic or hereditary yeah. rather. Um, but still, there's, there, are, there are symptoms that I have now, like much heavier periods, slightly more erratic, and I'm going, oh gosh, is that perimenopause even the word perimenopause did you know what that was no nope, not until about 18 months ago yeah. <laughs> you see and that's ridiculous yeah. isn't it and then you're and afraid to say it because it makes yeah. you sound old yes and you go oh we work in telly anything media, that is and attached to menopause and you go no yeah. it's not i was reading some of the menamin uh, research about um seeing that the chinese call the menopause the second spring isn't that amazing and it is because we're all living longer now yeah um you know so at 40 i think i was probably in my late 30s when i started um the perimenopause and didn't realize and would have loved to have more children and didn't have more children if i'd only known then what i know now i might have been able to sort out my hormones and and who knows but anyway i'm not complaining as you know i have two fabulous healthy babies and that's um that's you know kind of diverting off the subject a little but I had no idea that perimenopause was relevant to me in my late 30s or even into my 40s because it had menopause attached to it. I thought, that's something that's way yes. down the line, you know, in my 50s. So even when I read magazines or looked at news reports, 
if they mentioned anything to do with perimenopause or menopause, I'd skip on. I'd like, oh, yeah, it doesn't apply to yeah, me. I don't need to no. look at that for a while. Again, totally in denial of the fact that I was aging because that's just me as well. well <laughs> that's my own like insecurity. That. But, uh, and and it's, it's so ignorant, it's so silly because that information would have definitely sparked off, you know, one of those kind of, or a few of those light bulb moments where you'd go, oh, good Jesus, I have that. Oh my God, I feel like that. Wow, I'm actually not losing my mind. That this can is normally be helpful. Exactly. And to normalize these things. You know, mm. when you're younger, you think we should normalize talking about periods. And we should normalize talking about every stage of a woman's hormonal, you know, hormonal health and yeah. fertility. And, mm-hmm. and it's not a negative thing, but it can only be destigmatized by talking about it. Yeah. And even now coming in, I thought, God, do I really want to come on and go, hang on, people know you're in your 40s now. Yeah. You're not, you're not yeah. kidding anyone anymore. <laughs> and it's going to take for more women to talk openly for it to be totally yeah. normalized and also what used to really bug me is um you know we're not here to to talk about the patriarchy but a lot of people a lot of men would use it as a negative thing oh well she's menopausal yes and or hormonal very, yeah very dismissive yeah now none of the men in my mm. life would ever do that because they'd know better <laughs> but those things eat away at you over the years and you know yeah. you want to be a cool woman you want to be you know in with the boys and keeping up with everybody yeah. and you don't want to be the woman who's feeling down some days and you know one thing about getting older as well was, and especially I, I was an older first I had Tom at 39 I was an older first time mum and they some call some you a geriatric in the hospital when you I know, have they a baby stopped, over they 35 they stopped that in the UK thank I mean, goodness please. only one form had geriatric mum ticked I was like is that for the person next door who's 85 <laughs> and uh fair no play to her she's you, pregnant well done <laughs> bring her knitting um but it's yeah Totally lost my train uh, me, too. <laughs> me too. Me too, because we were having too much of a Enjoyed laugh there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But after, after I had my son at 39, I was an older first-time mum. And some of the brain fog that I've experienced in the last couple of years. And again, I was reading that some women go to the doctor and, and they're worried they have early-onset dementia. Because that's how bad it can be, yes. where you're forgetting things. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be honest, I'm... I'm a worrier, and as a worrier, I've always been very distracted. So I can walk in, even 10, I could walk into the shop 10 years ago to buy bread and a paper and come out with a can of Coke and <laughs> You sound like my husband. Go, huh? What? Because <laughs> I'm very distracted. But yeah. imagine a woman thinking that she's suffering with early dementia when actually it's something that might be treatable. Or the amount of women that are being treated for depression and... It, yeah. It's just because they have very low moments, which I have had with my hormones. Um, as I said, because they're up and down. Um, I find that so destroying because yeah. they only have one life. Yeah. And the amount of women now who are much older, who if they knew this would look back and think, oh my gosh, I suffered yeah. for yeah. years. And even just to be able to say to your own self, well, thank God I'm just a bit hormonal myself today. Yeah. I must be on a bit of a low. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the joy of period apps. I don't know. You know I've had periods now for... Um, gosh, well, nearly 30 years. Yeah. And the no matter how long you've had them for, I still never remembered the dates when I was younger. You and me and both. I am the exact same. And I think same. younger girls are now have yeah. an app on my phone now. So yeah. there's days when I'm feeling bloated or a bit unwell. I get the phone and go, okay, it's yeah. day 12. And I know around day 12 that I feel just a bit crap. Good woman. But nearly 30 years and I still... And I remember yeah. then being... Um, you know, especially traveling with people, and they'd, they'd be worried about what point they were in their cycle for various reasons. Yes, and then and then t- I'd say to my friend, "No, no, you had your period on this day." And they go, "I don't even remember that." I go, "I don't remember that." And thirty years, and I still don't remember. Yeah. And when you go to yeah. the doctor, what was the first thing after that period? Yeah. Don't know. Get yeah, the phone I'm, out. Thank God for the apps. And I and I've always been like that. Never bothered to keep an eye on dates, no, which is also a tricky thing when you are trying to conceive. Yes. You know, and then you'd have the doctor saying to you, oh, "When was your last one?" I was like, "Oh God, I actually don't know." You know, this is terrible. And I always felt so ridiculous. Again, because it was the whole hormone thing. And I yeah. just thought, 
you know, let that just happen. It was, yeah, it was yeah. a part of life you just yeah, didn't yeah. question. Yeah. You know, it happened when it happened. So I was very lucky. I got pregnant very, very quickly. So I wasn't counting dates or anything. Right. And I remember coming back to Dublin for, it was um, an awards due. And I had a glass of wine. It tasted like vinegar. I was like, this is really weird. It turns out I was pregnant. Um, and you lost the taste for alcohol. That's good well, too. It was only <laughs> one, well, actually, the fun thing is, and... During a, real, a pregnancy, that's always a good thing, isn't well, it? Well, actually, I gave up wine about a year ago. And it was heartbreaking. Wine just stopped agreeing with me. And again, someone said to me, that can be hormonal because of sugar content in wine yeah. and of how your body processes alcohol, which was very depressing. Thank God I still have beer and vodka in my life. Okay, because that was my next question. Yes. <laughs> um, but I did, I loved, I never drank massive amounts of wine, but I did like wine with food. But that's it the started way I like making it. Yeah. Like, two glasses of wine, I'd be physically sick the next day. Oh my goodness. And that only happened after I had my son. And again, a friend said to me, and she's a GP in the UK, she went, she said, that's hormonal. She said, how your body processes alcohol changes as a woman as you get older. Your diet has a huge effect on your hormones and your hormones have a huge effect on your diet. And that's something that we purposely focus on in one of the, the, the chapters with an expert on nutrition in the Essential Guide to Female Hormones because diet, exercise, all of that yeah. plays and a part. And then when you are, like when you're, when you're pre-menstrual, sometimes you do crave comfort food. I yes. do, and I'm opening crisps, looking for salt and sugar and things like that, which are probably the worst things I know, eat. carbs, you see, yeah. carbs. They're, they're kind of energy things too because yes. you can, you know, your energy levels are affected at various times, you know, during your monthly cycle. Um, and that's probably why. Yeah. You crave, you know, the kind of sugars and the and yeah, the things. Yeah, because I love food, boots. and I hate the term foodie, but I probably am one. But mm. as I've got older, and I've always prided myself on like I'm the same weight as I was when I was 16. It's a bit of a badge of honor, and I eat whatever I like. And the truth is, now that's probably not the case anymore because I've gravitated towards healthier foods because they make me feel better. So yeah. last week yeah. I was out with my friend, and we had pizza and beer, and I felt so sluggish the next day. Now I loved it, and I will still do it, but I will do it less. And it's not about weight; it's about being a mum of a four-year-old boy and I want to be able to like we went to Adventure Park last week I want to be able to climb the frames of them and do the zip yeah. lines and go canoing and you know I want to do that when I'm 60 with him if he still he still yeah. wants to come away with me <laughs> maybe He's not climbing frames but yeah he might watch yeah. the climbing frame yeah, zimmer frame 60, for me <laughs> climbing frame for him but um, but you know I want to be healthier and stronger and I think yeah. now we know a lot more about food and how it works I mean gosh everyone now is an amateur nutritionist I know and people are very people can read labels now and they're aware so so I have you know this badge of honor I have of eating whatever I like I now do tend to try and I used to eat loads of sweets when I was working um me too chocolate I had a, a chocolate shelf in the fridge you know I still for do a have long one time but I'm quite good at having like two three but I, I like cheap chocolate I don't like the really expensive dark chocolate I like the cheap cabries and stuff like I that know. I love yeah so you're disciplined yeah I do yeah. tend to be but so then would you be conscious then of your health and what you you know have to do to to be your healthiest self yes and because as I've as I'm getting older I've noticed that the consequences are greater. And, you know, you can, at 25, you can kind of do whatever you like and you can smoke a bit and drink too much and live on pizza and you probably won't be in great shape. But, you know, you can get away with it more. But when you're in your 40s and you have a young child and you're working and trying to do everything, Mm -hmm. it's just noticing that certain things you do make you feel bad. Actually, it's funny because I know younger women now and a lot of the millennials, as they're called, they are are far more responsible around food and drinking because they have far more knowledge than, than... Now, we had a fair bit, but I just chose to ignore it I think because of social media we're good role models for them too I hope you know because we're talking about it yes yeah absolutely. You know, and there are more experts out there that we respect yeah. and we give airtime to um, and as a result it's 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 kind of in 
in our lifestyle now yeah. to be aware of that stuff. I mean, you look at the column inches in any, you know, magazine or newspaper or supplement, and then you look at, you know, all of the apps and all of the online yeah. sites. Um, it's almost too much. You have to kind of find what's yes, good for you. Yes, yeah. But when it comes to... Um, also, I mean, this is one thing I hate. When it comes to women's health and food and nutrition and self-care, I think it's in when I was a, a, a much younger woman, a lot of it was about looking good, not feeling good. True. You know, it was about... Um, appearance your weight and it yeah. was about looking a certain way and it's an awful thing to admit but it pr- you know it probably did eat me up for a while and now it's not about that it's about it's about being healthy and being strong you know yes. and I joined a gym for the first time um, I did the, the dance show on RT and I was like oh my god I think I have abs for the first time in my life and you didn't and want to lose to, them I didn't want to try and keep the strength up I went to a gym did three months hated it and they said look come back and do classes because um, I you know I'm a, I'm quite competitive so in a group of people I won't give up in the gym I would just go oh, I'm so it's also more fun home. when you've got other yeah, people doing yeah. it with you and you can have a bit of a laugh yeah. and encourage and each I'm other I'm never going to be a gym bunny but yeah. again since like, especially since turning 40 you just feel like like I put my back out I've never had a bad back lifting my son and I put out my lower back so I don't want those things to happen so yeah. I think to take responsibility for your own health is not about looking good of course that's a hopefully a byproduct you will look better but if you feel better and you feel you look stronger, better anyway if yeah. you feel better and you feel better yeah. in yourself so then your mental health yeah also improves um would you say you're very healthy now I wouldn't say I'd say I'm the healthiest I've ever been by my own parameters but I'm certainly not like I'm not super healthy mm-hmm. you know and I do like a drink and I do like to you know eat what I want sometimes but I'm certainly I think I'm the healthiest I've ever been because I'm just more aware of it and I'm kind of you know, I'm more focused on making decisions that will be better for my health rather than going, ah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll just have that and worry about it later. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say well, you're the same. You're probably... Yeah, everything in moderation. I don't deny myself anything. Yeah, no, neither do I. Because that just puts me in bad form. No. Um, and obviously when it comes to things that could be really dangerous for your health, you know, like alcohol or anything like that, um, I mean, I don't smoke. I wouldn't, you know, do any of those things that I know for sure yes. are so yeah. bad, but I will have a slice of, of cake or, you know, a bar of chocolate. I just or, had a cookie. Yeah, a cup of so. a glass of wine with dinner or whatever um, and not beat myself up over it. Gosh, no, no, no. I wouldn't do, no. I no think chance. that's one of the very few things that I really enjoy about ageing is, you know, older is wiser. Yeah. You are a bit wiser and you don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. And, and you people are too strict for themselves. Too short, that's all those cliches and, and people are too strict are no crack. No. They're just no crack. No, Let's be no. honest. Exactly. They're, they're fine, but <laughs> they're not going to be your friends. <laughs> what would you tell your 16-year-old self? Oh gosh. To do with your hormone I health would, in particular. Yeah. Do you know what's funny about about getting older? That I think a lot of younger people sort of assume that it's a bad thing to get older and I did for so long as well but you know the main difference is only one group knows what it's like to be the other like I know what it's like to be 16 they don't know what it's like to be in their 40s That's and yeah. same with somebody now who's in their 80s I would never think oh god I'm so sorry for them. oh my god well they know what it's like to be at my stage so I have yes. to you know appreciate that I don't yes. know what it's like to be at their stage and yes when I was 16 I, I, I wasn't I was very shy I was quite inhibited I had a lot of hang-ups I, looking back, I probably had total body dysmorphia. I just thought I was hideous. That's really sad. Yeah, it was. And I think the, I almost cried thinking about it because I, I wasted a lot of time. And that kind of went on for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I don't Why know. Why do you think? I, could it have been your hormones? It could have been. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea. And again, none of my friends, like nobody. There was only one girl in our school and she would faint every month. And someone would have to drag her off to... Um, to the canteen? No, to the matron even. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody would, dra- would drag off and go, oh no, because she's got her period. She gets really bad periods. And it was sort of whispered. 
And, so, and the poor yeah. girl was probably mortified yeah. as well that this yeah. happened and, to her. And we were, because we were in a mixed school, it was all just oh the God, worst of the boys worse. would know. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was, I have no idea. But I, yeah, I, I wasn't the happiest 16-year-old, I wasn't miserable, but I certainly wasn't the happiest. What I, would you tell her now? Because I, I know if, if I could tell my 16-year-old self, if I could tell my 16-year-old oh, if I could tell my 16-year-old self something, it would be just sort yourself out, you know, educate yourself, look up this yeah. term hormones, um, you know, ask for help and advice. Don't just plod along in ignorance um, thinking that this is just the way yeah. it is. But I, but in, in defense of 16-year-old uses, yeah. we didn't know, we didn't have that. Yeah. And again, I went to a fairly progressive school and I, this stuff should be taught in school for boys as well. And I think the men in our lives need to be very aware of this. And I think maybe younger men will be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I would go back to 16-year-old me and then go to their school teacher and go, would you teach these girls more? That's and, what you know, I'm always saying. About it more. Yeah, to the team in Clean Marine, I'm, I'm you know, that's going to be, for me, that's my next yeah. task is to get into schools and to talk to young males and females yeah. um, from puberty onwards. Yeah, men are key. Like boys are key and men are key as well. They really the are. The amount of men, like male friends and like you know husbands of my pals who I know and I love and they're really nice modern men and they're all feminists but they know nothing about, they don't know what ovulation is only unless they've had fertility troubles and then they're made yes. aware but they're going to go, well, what's the, they don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Now they don't need to know as much as we know but it would be helpful for the women in their lives and for their daughters in their lives, if they have any, for them to just have an awareness of, of these things. My poor husband, I'd say, feels like he knows too much oh. <laughs> <laughs> with two teenage girls and a wife surrounded by women. Um, it was yeah. a great thing going around to the internet the other day. <laughs> and it was um, this girl that said, when you send your boyfriend to get tampons, and he'd sent back a picture and he was holding the, uh, the yellow pack and the green pack saying, do you want the lemon or lime? Not oh, knowing there were different sizes. Stop. Didn't that know is I know. brilliant. I love it. <laughs> That speaks volumes, doesn't <laughs> it? Fair play to him, though. Um, but at least he was buying them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's great. The young men of today definitely know more. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, talk me through then your kind of your regime. You say you've been doing the gym thing, doing the classes. I've always believed that I'll try and get most of my nutrients from food. I think it's really important to try and get a lot of the good stuff from food. But then, you know, I'm also trying to eat less meat. And I'm trying to eat... Probably, you know, I'm trying to eat kind of more, it sounds in season, you know, I'm just trying to be aware of all these different things and for my son as well. So sometimes supplements are, as you get older, they are essential. You can't get everything from food. Exactly. And I don't have a perfect diet. Exactly. So yeah, I'm more aware of what I eat. And like for my son now, I was so determined he was going to be a perfect eater. And I was like, I will never have frozen foods in my house. Yeah. Fast forward a couple <laughs> of years. Get out the waffles and the fish fingers. And sometimes you have to just suck it up. And Sometimes you I do, know. for goodness sake. I was so, so pressure stupid. Sanctimonious me. And I was yeah. doing all sorts of avocado purees. I was like, no, I'm not, that's not going to happen. No, that's no. not going to happen. And it, you know what? It's the same with my girls. You know, they uh, like, like all of us, you know, they like the odd little kind of junk food thing. And, and that's fine. Yeah, Domino's pizza yeah. or whatever it is. And I just don't sweat it anymore. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, you can have that. And then I'll try and cook, you know, for most yeah. It's evenings. about balance. And yeah. for young, for, for kids as well, like food is fuel and you have to apply common sense and not be too precious about it. Yeah. But once they know, once they're aware, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. what's good and, and what's all bad. And education as well. But aside from that, like I try and eat well. I don't drive, so I walk everywhere, Brilliant. which is also kind of my gym. And then I now try and do just two or three gym classes a week. Um, oh, that's very good. And well, I don't know if it's very good or not because it's, I don't see much of a difference. I wanted to be super fit after two weeks. They're going, Maya, for heaven's sake. I was like, don't, 
where are my abs? They've gone again because you've been coming for two <laughs> weeks and you've missed one class. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, so you said, you said, you know, the things that have changed uh, as you turn 40 and you're in your early 40s. Uh, what, what are the, the, the really obvious ones that you might be willing to share with us? Um, oh can gosh, can you eat the- as much as you could before? That was something that people said to me. Um, my friends that were a few years older than me said, oh, wait till you hit your 40s, it'll all change. And, yeah, whatever well, And I was like, me. no, I've always been the same size. In my yeah. head, not to them. I was like, yeah, right. It and then it happened. To be totally honest, <laughs> yeah, everyone said to me, you'll balloon because you eat so much food. And you hit for your, I'm like, well, <laughs> and I didn't. And I, it, you know, like I said, it's still a bit of a badge of honor where I say, no, I eat whatever I like. And I do. But I, if I'm being totally honest, I do eat less. But because Small portions. Yeah, but I don't deny myself anything. I, maybe I am just have, have less of an appetite now. I don't know. And I do... I, I don't do things like buy the massive bags of sweets anymore. I don't buy that kind of rubbish. But I still have chocolate. I still have crisps when I want them. And there's days when I still go overboard. But I do, you know, I do now eat slightly less. But it hasn't been deliberate because... Mine is totally I deliberate. When I go it? on holidays for two weeks and I eat, you know, everything that I want to eat because I just say it's my holidays, I'm not going to deny myself a yeah. thing. Most of the time it could even be healthy food because I actually like the taste of healthy food yeah. as much as I like the taste of junk food. And I can put on nine pounds in two weeks. Wow. Now that's only in my 40s. You get an award for that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, not the kind of award I want. Yeah. Lorraine, elasticated (laughs) pants, Devlin on the way home. Here she is. It really is. And so in two weeks, I can go up, you know, over half a stone. And yet it takes me probably four months to get back to Lorraine again. I'll be honest, (laughs) I haven't noticed that. But I'm also, at the moment, like, raising my son on my own, and I'm very busy, so I'm not going out as much, which is when I used yes. to probably eat more, and I'm cooking for him, and I'm cooking for myself. You know, we don't eat the same food, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, it, it's only now that I think about it, I do eat slightly less, but it's not deliberate. Yes, okay. But no, when I, like, yeah, but when I go what away... What age is he now? He's four. Okay. He's brilliant. So. Talk to you again when he's eight. Come back to me on oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> when he's more independent. <laughs> oh, oh, I no. never want that to happen. Seriously, it's terrible. I've got yeah, a twelve-year-old that just started secondary school, oh and gosh. that's my baby. Just breaks my heart. I know. Where I does know. the time go? Yeah, yeah. And she said to me yesterday, "It's great, mom. You know, I'm very independent because <gasps> she was the one that needed me the whole time, which I love because." You know, that's the kind of person I, I am. I need to be needed. It's so <laughs> upsetting because as, as a parent, if you if you do your job well, they will leave you. Yes, and I know. It's the most What's upsetting all that about? Thing. No, no, no. I want them to stay with me forever. <laughs> well, I'd say maybe not wish too much because I have friends who have children in their kind of late 20s and they're still living at home. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe so not forever. Just, just till he's 18. <laughs> so what should we be doing, in your opinion, to help us live our best life, Maya? I think we should be talking more. I think we should be talking more about, I think, you know, we, social media, people knock it, but it can be very, very helpful for people. And I, when I was on maternity leave, I ran a blog for a while and talking to other women in that stage of their lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, it came down to hormones as well and breastfeeding and fertility issues. But a lot of women were very isolated. And it might have been um, figuratively or literally because they were living miles away from anywhere because they had to buy a house somewhere near... Um, where they could afford it and so social media can be great in that respect but uh, and I think mental health has has, has come on leaps and bounds and everyone is talking now about mental health mental health and you know people say almost too much you can't talk too much about things and social media if you don't like something you can just not look at it for a while but I think there's a real sea change happening with women's health and I'm really happy that that's happening Mm -hmm. and you know I would have been now because I turned 40 when my son was really young and I've never been a birthday party person for myself ever um it sort of came and went, 
without much fanfare. But, you know, I like you, I work in media and telly, and you still hear that it's not a world for people over 40, and it does start to eat away at you. And then you go, no, hang on a second, I'm not a model, I've never been judged for how I look, so why would that change now? And I'm not going to let it eat away at me. I think things like that are important to talk about, you know, letting women talk about these issues, watching women get older naturally or not naturally, if that's the way they want to do it. Um, but to to just let women be who they are and to talk about getting older and to, to see women getting older happily and healthily. I think that's really important. And that can only come from the women who are doing it, not lying about it. Yeah. And not hiding behind closed doors when they feel awful, going, yeah, you know, you don't have to share everything either. I mean, some people don't want to share things, and that's fine too. But for people to just talk about it and say, this is the reality. Yes, and for those who don't want to share, at least if we're talking about it, they can listen. Exactly. And it'll help them. And something that really kind of gets to me is, because something that's really important to me is women supporting women. There's a lot of women talking about supporting women. But we really need to do a lot more yeah. in that regard, yeah. in my opinion. I've always been a woman's woman, uh, but we all need to, you know, yeah. like do the talk, yeah, not just it's, talk it's the talk. It's easy to say that, but yeah. then if you think about the implications of really putting yourself out there and supporting yeah. women, it's quite yeah. a different thing. It's not yeah. always easy, you know, it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes... the guys are good at that. Men are great for slapping each other on the oh, back yeah. and, you know, camaraderie and... Oh, yeah, no problems there. Yeah. No problems there. Yeah. But I think there, there is still that thing that we hold back because we're not quite sure if somebody else has been completely honest and you're afraid that you might be the only one who's going to say this thing. It's so like, oh true. Oh, my God, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. And also, we have to see that, you know, we're all living so much longer. Mm-hmm. Like, menopause is not it's the end of something but the start of something else exactly. if you approach it in the it's right way it's a new lease of life in yeah. my opinion because yeah. suddenly you don't have periods or period pains or all of the discomfort that comes with that um so for me i'm actually looking forward to getting out the other side yeah. i've been blown away on this journey that i have been on with clean marine for the last three years by the amount of women who have come to me um people that I don't know, people maybe on the school run that I'd know their face, but would never talk to me. They might say hi if they were passing by, but they're actually coming up to me and asking me about the work that I do with Clean Marine and what's the name of that supplement yeah. again? And and for me, that has been incredible. And going out on road trips and inviting people to come to the health stores or wherever we're having a talk, and we have a panel of, of experts. And afterwards, women coming up to me and thanking me for being so open and honest and talking. Well, that's really telling, isn't and it? And breaking down, crying. I mean, I've actually got goose pimples now just even talking about it. Peter, my husband, has said to me that he's never seen me so passionate about something. Like, Because I would do these kind of um, fashion yeah. and beauty events, you know, where you're up on stage talking about all those things that I love and that are, again, something that I feel important in a much more frivolous way um, about our appearance and, and looking our best self. But he said that with all of the... the road trips that I've done on those tours he's never seen me you know feel so proud of the reaction that I'm getting and so proud of the knowledge that I'm helping yeah so many because it's women. a fundamental part of who you are all the time whereas the fashion and beauty yeah and same true. With me, you know I love food and I love telly and I love writing but they're only kind of one part of it but when you talk about hormone health and women's health it is it's 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 a hundred percent who we are all yeah. of the time. Like yeah. there's no getting away from it. So yeah. why should we? And also, it's so important to say to him, "This is not. This doesn't make you miserable. This doesn't make you see. You know, it's just one part of who we are. It's just another stage of yeah. our hormonal life. And that's what I say to people. You know, I've come out and said that you know I've perimenopause. Um, I'll continue to talk about it throughout menopause whenever that comes. Um, and it's not something 
to be ashamed of. Um, it's just another stage that we're going to have to, to then go through. We can through. have a menopause party. We can burn our <laughs> silentry towels and we can have sex with loads of men with no fear. Obviously, just, just our husband's <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. But it should be My celebrated husband. because, you know, hopefully <laughs> when you hit menopause, we'll all have 30 years left. Exactly. I mean, that's a lifetime. Yes. It's a lifetime of liberation yeah. and freedom and having, yeah. you know, having good sex and having fun and... Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a new lease yeah. of life. And I don't feel, having stood up and said, hello, my name is Lorraine Keane, and <laughs> I'm you know, in perimenopause, that I'm less attractive. I still think that, you know, I'm occasionally even sexy, God forbid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm like, telling I don't you, think if I was that way inclined, I would. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks very much. You look much. better than you ever did, though. Aww. And that's the other thing to say. I think as you, as you get... Thank you. You asked me about being 16, and when you're not happy in your own skin, it really shows. And it doesn't matter it's how so right. much yeah. makeup you have or how nice your hair is, how nice your dresses or what, you know, sizes on your label. If you're not happy in your own skin, it shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm happier on my own skin now than I have been ever before. Yeah. So I'm not going to start panicking about, well, what when I start getting deeper wrinkles or I start losing volume here or boobs yeah. start sagging. Well, don't worry about this stuff. And when it happens... Yeah. You know, deal with it. Buy a better bra or do something about it if it <laughs> makes you feel better. But Another thing that that is one of the good sides of getting older. Yeah. You know, where you kind of just don't sweat the small stuff yeah, anymore. Exactly. Do you feel like you're living your best life now? I do. And I think it's going to get better. That's how I feel. I feel like I have let a lot of things go, a lot of hang-ups go. And having my son was very was instrumental in that as well. And you know the industry that we work in, it can be very fickle, it can be very yeah. cruel. It's not for the faint-hearted. And unfortunately, I'm quite thin-skinned. And now I have this great perspective that comes for me. Like it doesn't, you know, for me it came from becoming a parent. For someone, it just comes with age. And I just, I don't sweat. It's not nothing as important. Sorry, nothing is as important as my son now. So That's it, isn't it great? Yeah, when that happens, you know, and, and that might be, that might be children or it just might be, you know, a career choice or it might be you're living in a place that you want to live in. Yeah, but it's, exactly. it's just, it's yeah. realising, yeah. you know. Um, well, they say, you know, for, for people to be, because think about being happy as well. There's also this kind of um, misconception that we have to be happy all the time or something is not right. As human beings, if you're happy all the time, God, you'd be so annoying to be around as well. Yeah. No one's happy all the time. And being unhappy and being concerned sometimes is a part of life. Well, you have to have the lows to have the highs. Exactly. And that's yeah. really important too. And now, you know, I have bad days and I have days where I don't feel great and I have, you know, personal things going on and... But there's days when I go, yeah, well, today's not a great day and tomorrow will be better. And then there's days when just little things like my house is clean and my son is home and healthy and I have a friend around and things just seem perfect. And they say to be happy, you have to have, you know, not everything going right, just one thing, like maybe a a nice home, maybe a nice partner, maybe children, maybe a job you love. Just one of those things has to be. Exactly. And And if you're not happy, the people around you aren't happy. And, you know, it's so um, true. Do you think that we can do to improve the awareness of hormones um, for girls and women? of all ages, like through their five stages of their hormonal life? What steps should we be I think the most, I said this before, the most important thing to do is to talk about it and share information. And I, and I do think that, in, you know, in 2019, there is so much information out there. And you don't want to scare people and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you need to always apply common sense to things, I think. But to talk about it and to have, the information is out there now. And the booklet that Clean Rain have brought out is amazing. It is. And I was supposed to just go to my section, but I ended up reading the whole thing because the one, you know, the, the puberty section, mm-hmm. I know it's not wasn't that long ago. I still remember being a teenager. I thought, oh my gosh, I'd never read anything like this when I was sixteen, and it probably would have really helped me. Yeah. And the same in my, you know, in my twenties and moving and just, just 
just guides for life, just advice. And you can t- you can cherry pick and take it. And some of it might not apply to you at all. Mm-hmm. And then some, like for my friend who has PCOS, she might have had symptoms her whole life mm-hmm. that she w- just wasn't aware of. Mm-hmm. Now, I do feel that I'm very fortunate that maybe I didn't have major hormone imbalances throughout my life. There are certainly times where I can, when just I, I could blame my hormones. I just wasn't aware. Yes. When I think of women who are going through very difficult times and really debilitating yeah. cycles and mood swings, if there's something that can be done, you know, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Maya, thank you so much for that. I wish I'd had this conversation years ago. I know. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well, we're living our best life now. We're at least doing our best. Come. There is. Our menopause party. Oh, maybe 10 years away still, but we can start planning now. I can't wait for that. <laughs> I better be on that list. I hope you've learned as much as I have by listening to. Remember, it's good to talk. And remember, there are various options available to us out there. Just pick up a free copy of The Essential Guide to Female Hormones. Or, of course, you can download it on cleanmarine.ie. It covers the five different life stages from puberty through to postmenopause, with very practical advice from experts on nutrition, fitness and mindset to help manage your hormone health. Share it with every female you care about out there and kickstart your hormone health conversation. Yo to yourself, knowledge is key. I hope this will have helped you to live your best life.